Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. I'm Robbie. And I'm Sammy. We're starting a new podcast. This is Leonora Shelfo, and you're listening to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast, presented by the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. Yes, so if you like horror movies, scary movies. We are both big horror fans. Mm-hmm. Check it out on all platforms wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sammy. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Shall we begin? It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, Welcome, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast, produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Go to limitlessbroadcasting.com after the show and check it out. Well, boy, here we go. I I feel like we're going to walk into another controversial episode. We'll see how this goes. Mm -hmm. So Pixie Dusters, we are talking the second in the sequels today. We are talking Star Wars The Last Jedi. Last Jedi is the eighth installment of the Skywalker family. And in this one, Jedi Master in Hiding, Luke Skywalker, unwillingly attempts to guide young hopeful Rey in the ways of the Force, while Leia, former princess turned general, attempts to lead what is left of the Resistance away from the ruthless, tyrannical grip of the First Order. That works. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's jump into trivia. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh boy, this one's a long one. I feel like I should have read this one again so I could condense it, but I don't think wow. I can. <laughs> okay, after reading the script of the film, Mark Hamill told writer-director Ryan Johnson, I pretty much fundamentally agree, disagree, disagree with every choice you've made for Luke Skywalker. Now, having said that, 
I have gotten it off my chest and my job is now to take what you've created and do my best to realize your vision. Before I move on from that, it makes me happy to know that Mark Hamill disagreed with Ryan's take on Luke because I don't agree with Ryan's take on Luke. Mm -hmm. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. It's definitely definitely controversial. Very controversial. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah. 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 It just yeah. But let's see here. Despite the division or divisive response among audiences, CinemaScore, Cinema score, audiences rated it with the same score as The Force of Awakens and more positively than Rise of Skywalker. While critics gave it a fresh approval, arrogant score on both Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. Hamill later said in a statement that he had maintained respect for Johnson as well as episodes six and nine, wait, seven and nine, director J.J. Abrams and direct, oh, wait, I read that wrong. Hamill later said in a statement that he had maintained respect for Johnson as well as J.J. Abrams. Daisy Ridley and John Boyega have both talked about in interviews how their initial reaction after reading the script for the first time was trying to trying to get in contact with Johnson as soon as possible because they couldn't wrap their head around the direction he was going. Boyega later said that his character was treated better on episode 10 or 9 Duel of Fates unmade script by Colin Travoy that J.J. discarded due to it giving him a plot line where Finn led a stormtrooper mutiny like the one on a deleted scene that Ryan Johnson filmed for The Last Jedi where Finn makes stormtroopers revolt against Captain Phasma. Ridley stated Johnson shot what he wrote while Abrams was constantly changing the script. Abrams co-writer Chris Terrio said the Rise of the Skywalker script was rewritten every day. Oh my god. Wow. Oh, that would be so terrible to work on that. Oh, that would be terrible. Oh, I'd shoot my that that's that's like I mean gosh. That that's not uncommon to rewrite scripts as it's being filmed, but like every day. That's a lot. That would be that would be hard. Wow. You would never have any idea what's going on. No. No. It's chaos. Not at all. So it just it sounds like to and that's more for the rise of the skywalker, but for this one specifically, it sounds like like Daisy and John's like, I'm sorry, where are we going with this? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Like when when you have Mark Hamill who's telling you I disagree with this, mm-hmm. and you have your two main characters saying, I don't know what you're doing, you would think that would be a clue to maybe relook at your script before you start filming. Right. Mm-hmm. Just just a clue, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yes, you might be the writer, but the one the actors are the ones who have to like create your vision. And if they have no clue how to create your vision for you, because you didn't make it clear mm-hmm. enough, it's not going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Mark and Ryan revealed at the BAFTAs. What does the BAFTA stand for again? I feel like I should know this. But I know. Not. I feel like I should too, but I don't. I don't know. Oh, well. Revealed at a BAFTA screening that Hamill asked to play a CG character in addition to his role as Luke Skywalker, saying that he had done it before. He previously done CGI work for the computer game Squadron 42, which was a separate solo campaign of Star Citizen. I don't know what that is. Probably some Star Wars game. Um, and in a, in the film, he plays Dubu, Dubu, Dabu, Dabu Sure. The character who puts the money inside bb8 in the casino scheme. <laughs> <laughs> i never knew that it's <laughs> so funny. oh let's see here 
The three resistant fighters who pop up from the trenches on crate as Mark are Mark Hamill's children. No. Okay. So they got to be a part of it. That's cool. After first competing, completing the Ardoris, I don't know, the 600 foot climb on um, Ireland's Skellig, Skellig Michael Island. So where he, the island that they filmed at, Mm -hmm. Hamill had hoped that he could avoid having to repeat the trek for additional scenes if he could somehow remain on the summit overnight, thus forfeiting the luxury of room service at his hotel. He suggested sleeping in a tent and staying in character. However, after some inquiries were made with the Irish authorities, he was told by producer Kathleen Kennedy that he was not permitted to pitch a tent because the location is a protected UNESCO. I have no idea what that means. Heritage, World Heritage Site. Mm. Okay. So uh, I think that's funny. He's like staying in character. I'll stay in character and stay up here. So I don't <laughs> mm-hmm. have to walk up and down those stairs. Mm-hmm. I feel like camping out of Yosemite or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While filming, Laura Dern said pew every time she <laughs> shot her plaster. So cute. Although not audible, one such in- instance even made it into the finished film. It can be noticed in the close-up shot when Holdo is stunning her opponents. It's around the one hour, 30 minute mark in the film. watch that again. That's mm-hmm. so cute. Yep. I love it. So just like Anakin, or just like Hayden and and McGregor, mm-hmm. they did the, mm-hmm. she did the pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds like. Pew, pew, pew. That's great. Although Disney decided not to use George Lucas's story outlines for episodes seven, eight, and nine after the purchase of his company, a couple of Lucas's ideas do surface in this film, including Luke Skywalker living as a recluse and training a female Jedi, which I found this interesting in the outline. Her name was Kira. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I looked up some more info about that, so I will share when I get to my section. So I was curious about, about what Lucas originally kind of wanted to do. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought you meant about Kira. I'm like, I don't know anything about Kira. <laughs> I saw a couple After other Han names. Solo's movie. I'm just like, ugh, Kira. <laughs> you know, it, it was spelled differently. That was spelled. I was gonna. Yeah, say, it was spelled Q. It was, it was spelled that weird way that Ashley yeah. was. Oh like, yeah, I know, but it's yeah. pronounced the same way. <laughs> I changed my hair was a line that Carrie Fisher ablibbed herself. Mm, that's funny. But I feel like that was in the other movie. Why did I add that in here? It was in the other movie. Why is that in the trivia? No, it was in this movie. Han and Leia reunite. First thing he says, "Oh, you your hair. right." But yeah. she says it in this one too. So, yeah. And Does then she? she? Yeah, she, yeah. She says, oh. "I know." Yeah, well, and oh, then okay. when she, yeah, when she, oh, sees when she sees Luke, Luke at the very end, yeah, she's like, "I know, I changed." That's my right. Hair. Mm-hmm. That's right. Luke Skywalker bears some resemblance to Obi Wan Kenobi's appearance in the original Star Wars trilogy. In fact, Mark Hamill reprised his role in 2015 at the age of 63, while Guinness was 61 when he was first cast as Obi Wan. Okay. So we'll, we'll, cool. we'll trivia there. Mm-hmm. Johnson's original mm-hmm. cut of the film exceeds three hours. Ooh. Reports say he cut between 45 to 60 minutes to get the film down to a more plot palatable, palatable runtime. Several of the dece- deleted scenes can be seen on the Blu-ray edition of the film. Most of them alternate or extended versions of scenes that remained in the movie. A scene that was completely omitted is one where Ray notices a ship docking near the village of the caretakers on Achu. I don't know if I said that right, but that's what it looks like to me. Tells her that it is a party of marauders 
that raid the planet once a month. He urges her not to intervene, explaining that it is all a part of the balance between good and bad that the Jedi are supposed to respect. Rey ignores him and goes to the rescue, only find out the Marauders are a different tribe that have simply come to party. Luke admits that he wanted to test her as he believes that the galaxy is in, is in more urgent need of Rey's willingness to take action than the Jedi way of keeping balance. I saw that deleted scene before. It's really fine. It's really good. It's really funny. Should it should it have been added in? Like, would it have made more sense to have it in the movie? I don't know. That one I'm iffy on, but there actually is another one that I believe should have been added. We'll get to there later. But okay. yeah, a lot of the things that were deleted probably would have made the movie a lot better. Gotcha. Hmm. I do have the Blu-ray but. edition. I really should just watch the extended scenes in that. You should. Yes. Ian McGregor actually expressed his interest to reprise his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi in the films, which I'm not surprised because I feel like McGregor's always stayed an Obi-Wan character since he did it. Let's see here. So did Billy D. Williams. He wanted to come back as Lando, which we do have him, right? Is it this one or the next one? That's the next one. Yeah, he's not in this one. My bad. Too late. I should have finished the movie today. Ryan Ryan wanted to include them, but he could not find a place in the story to naturally insert either character. Johnson stated he would have had included Kenobi if there were the Alec Guinness version, uh, but that he found complicated the idea of aging the younger version of, and neither wanted to create Guinness with CGI. Okay, so pretty much the only reason he would have put Obi-Wan in there is if he could have had Guinness, which... I, don't I think see we could have got away with it. But I mean, what purpose would Alec Guinness have served? That's my question. Yeah. As opposed to Ewan McGregor. Either way, they're supposed to be Obi. We know he's Obi. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He could have been Weird. a part of the tree burning scene. True. Like he says there's yeah, no natural way of putting Kenobi in there. I'm like, uh, it could have been Yoda and Obi in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which Yoda in that. that scene is hilarious. It's like my favorite thing in the it's movie. It's fun. Yeah, so see, funny. That, was, that was a fun scene. It was. That's like the the original Yoda that we see, like the the goofy part that we saw in mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. We're not seeing this one, but getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Let's see here. Johnson stated he considered giving him the role. Oh, in regards to Lando. Sorry. Johnson stated uh, he considered giving him the role that eventually became the new character DJ but decided against it because it would have resulted in Lando betraying the heroes and he didn't want Lando to portray the heroes because Lando already did that in Empire Strikes Back. However, Lando redeems and DJ is m- much less moral than, and he doesn't redeem himself. Nope. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. As of 2017, this is the only film in the Skywalker saga not to audibly feature the popular phrase, I have a bad feeling about this. And that is blasphemy. That is wrong. That is blasphemy. Ryan Johnson should never do another Star Wars again. (laughs) It is canon. You keep that line in every single Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's a a, a calling card. It is it is Mm. essential. And I lost all respect for Ryan Johnson when I found that out. Mm. Okay. Maybe not fully, but I feel like being dramatic. Yeah. dramatic. No, That's I, all I was I thinking you. was, here's it. the drama. This is, okay. this, is, it, this is fan passion. That's what it is. It is. It is fan passion. Yeah. It is not drama. It is passion. Yeah. There you go. Passion. What did you do? Nothing. I saw you what? go like this. 
it's the crazies. It's the crazy. Oh, you shush. You probably have your crazy moments when we talk about Potter and some other stuff. That'll be great fun. I can't. It wait. really will. Mm-hmm. Director Ryan Johnson also stated that the line he okay. I'm sorry. He stated the line is present, so we don't actually audibly hear it. But according mm-hmm. to him, BB-8 says it. Yeah. he's just trying to get thing. out of he's trying to get out of uh getting in trouble is what's happening he definitely yeah. didn't put that in the movie yeah because no. he says he says bb says it when he is when poe's piloting the x-wing to for when he first confronts the droid not class star destroyer mm-hmm. bb does say like something to him and poe responds i don't remember what his response is but a according to ryan that is when it was said and i'm like i'm sorry Mm. no (laughs) no you're just you're just Mm. what i say i said i don't believe it i think he's covering for the fact he forgot it yeah could be Mm -hmm. let's see here in the brief moment you can see luke's robotic hand if you look towards the bottom near the wrist you can actually see the formation of a blaster hole Mm -hmm. this mark was left there when luke was shot in the hand while on java's barge during return of the jedi so continuity good job Ryan also admits that he moved Kylo Ren's facial injury, which I noticed this as well. So mm-hmm. Force Awakens, he slices him here um, along the nose bridge. He moved it down to his cheek because it looked weird. Hmm. I don't, I don't understand. I don't see how that would look weird. I mean, I well, he thought, scar, like, you know right? how they did the black bandage right here? It was like that black webbing. Yeah. Well, I guess having that, he put like- the black webbing on his nose and it looked weird. I'm like, then just do something different. Don't do the black webbing. Yeah, true. Yeah, make like a regular scar or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't know why you had to have a black webbing. That makes no sense. Yeah. This is the first Star Wars movie without Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. Mm. Sad fact right there. Mm. Very sad. Many fans and audiences were disappointed by how this film disregarded several of the plot threads started in Force Awakens and how it answered some of its lingering questions. Ryan stated in an interview that he had read J.J.'s script for The Force Awakens, but to his knowledge, there was never an overarching story outline for the trilogy that he had to adhere to. I'm glaring through the the mic i don't disagree i don't disagree though i don't disagree oh you shush (laughs) (laughs) lucas executives kennedy gave johnson full creative freedom to develop the story how he saw fit again another mistake and they were reportedly enthusiastic about some of his more controversial choices it's because you're an idiot and you shouldn't be a writer Mm. that is a bit dramatic (laughs) i don't know i feel like dan might agree with me a little bit I, I, yeah, I, yes and no. I, I There probably wasn't an overarching story, but that's the problem. Like, there should have been. I agree with that statement right there. And, I agree with uh, that statement as well. You yeah. know, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's really where all these movies suffered, is that there were way yes. too many cooks, way too many visions. Yes. And, I mean, the original trilogy had three different directors as well, but they all in- eventually adhered to George's vision. Well, there's no George there's now. George. Yep, no George. So there was no... You know, no there was no the roadmap, so it was really just let's throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And yep, you know, when you have somebody who's typically a producer slash marketer who's kind of controlling all that, those are going to be the decisions that are influencing, you know, the creative choices. Agreed. Yeah, so. I see Kathleen Kennedy's name a little bit too much. Right. Yeah, I don't right. think that <clears throat> maybe she should be in charge. 
I know she's supposedly a Star Wars fan, but mm. I don't. Part of me thinks she's a prequel <sighs> Star Wars fan, which was more merchandise life. Whereas right. we have, you really need someone who is a George she, Lucas Star Wars fan. There's the problem. She is a she is a Disney assigned executive Star Wars mm-hmm. fan. But where's where's yeah. Dave Filoni? Because I mean, oh, I know there's That's a real Star Wars fan right there mm-hmm. who can work within the confines of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy is at the end of the day, she's a producer and a marketer. Yes. Like that mm-hmm. is her, and those are good things. I mean, those are necessary. Yes. But, but there's always, 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 forevermore, the conflict between writing, marketing. You know, the the mm-hmm. creative and the merchandise. That's always going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yep. Oh, Ryan was actually originally considered to direct The Force Awakens. So huh. glad he didn't. He declined due to stating he needed more time to ensure the movie would be good enough. But he agreed on The Last Jedi because it would give him an extended amount of development time. Mm -hmm. Again, why are they developing this without like a center point? That's the problem. It is. It is. I agree. It's completely the problem. Pay the price for your lack of vision. Apparently, though, The Last Jedi was so well-received internally by Lucasfilm that Ryan was offered an entire Star Wars trilogy to himself. I remember this being... Mm -hmm. No, they're still talking about it. Yeah, they're still working on it, right? People people want it. He agreed to do a trilogy, but only on the condition of getting even more development time than he had for The Last Jedi. So we probably won't see this for like another 10 years. Let's see here. He also wanted to do an episode of The Mandalorian and has spoken to Dave Filoni about it. I don't know if he ever had ended up doing a episode of the Mandalorian. Cause this was before Mandalorian came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think he's done anything yet. I don't but think he did. I don't know I if don't I know. want him to touch the Mandalorian. Mm. Because Filoni, I don't want him to ruin Filoni's. Well, the like, problem is you, vision. Not a problem. You have Dave and you have John overlooking the Mandalorian. So mm-hmm. they're going to keep it in rain, you know, reined in. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to go off the rails. There is no one doing that for the movies. No, no one was. There was no creative restraint at all. Nope, nothing. Two more. Rose and DJ, which I keep forgetting his name was DJ. It's such a weird name to have for a Star Wars character. Apparently, we're supposed to be the angel and devil on Finn's shoulders throughout the story. I didn't think that was translated well at all. No, I didn't get that either. I I see how I could see that, but... But DJ like leaves halfway through the movie after he does his co-breaker thing and they get off, they they get away. Like yeah. he's not, I don't know. He's it in just, it for it like five no minutes. How is yeah. that even relevant? The, the conflicting yeah. worldviews between them, I see it. Like it, it, you're right, it didn't translate well, but like stepping back and seeing it through that lens, I see how it could be perceived that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see how you have the cynical him, nihilist who's like, yeah, yeah, nothing really matters. And then you have this hopeful person who's like, no, we need to care. So mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of get it yeah but if you don't get it until you actually look at it from that perspective they've missed the point because not everyone has analytical brains when it comes to stories like Mm -hmm. we do like some Mm -hmm. people just watch to enjoy and if you want those people to who just watch and enjoy and don't try to dissect everything to understand Mm -hmm. that you got to do a better job of laying it out there Mm -hmm. yeah there, there's a balance between both, like having to find that, you know, way yeah. of delivering that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would have to be like characters that 
Finn actually knows really well and characters we know really well to yes. do true, this. True. Like then that's random. We barely DJ. know Rose. Mm-hmm. Like Rose might have worked, but DJ, he's just some random guy we picked out of the, the gutter. Like what mm-hmm. no. You show up halfway through and then disappears. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole cold breaker thing. I don't, I mean, there's a lot of the things that I like in this movie, but there's a couple things where I'm just like, I don't, I don't <laughs> and the code breaker is one of them and I'll get to it later. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. George Lucas expects mixed feelings about Force Awakens, which we talked about. However, he was actually more impressed with this installment, calling it beautifully made. It's yeah. minor, minorly cryptic, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, they're visually it is breathtaking i it agree is. Yeah, the no way, way it is. looks is amazing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay go dan go <laughs> okay so this might come as a shock because it was actually a shock to me that i was a very anti-last jedi person because i in the theater i was still riding that high from the force awakens mm-hmm. so all that fan joy all that adventure all that excitement like i just wanted to feel that again that's what i went in hoping feel that but like on a new level mm-hmm. so seeing that we got literally the exact opposite, I was disgruntled and angry leaving the theater. And I don't get angry. I, t- I told you this before. There's been four movies where I leave the theater or I'm in the theater upset, and that was one of them. So. Have we discussed what the other ones are? I kind of want to know. We, we did. Uh, so it was that one. Um, that one, Pirates of the Caribbean 4. Uh-huh. <laughs> Transformers 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. And Billy Bob Thornton movie called Mr. Woodcock. I don't know that one, but okay, I get We yeah. did talk about this. We did I was talk like, about I don't Sorry. know what the last one was. <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm. so th- those, but beyond that, you know, I, t- I typically enjoy myself. So yeah. Now that being said, when we talked last time, you had said, you know, you didn't really have the same expectations going in. You sort of just went cold or you sort of went balanced and you actually more or less enjoyed, enjoyed it. You didn't hate it. In other words, I was like, uh, yeah, I didn't hate it. Right. So I was like, okay, I'll try that. I'll try having, I'll, I'll get all my expectations, all of my stuff out of my mind and just took it for what it is mm-hmm. and actually found myself enjoying it. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, it's not as terrible as everyone's saying it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's not, it's not perfect, but it's, it, I see, I, I understand what they were doing. Yeah. So what I, one of the things that I had to come back, come back and say is that the thing I've realized about Star Wars is that there really are two Star Warses. There's two faces to Star Wars. There's Star Wars, the brand, and there's mm-hmm. Star Wars, the story. Yep. And a lot of times the hardest part is towing that line between how can we make these characters believable and complex, but also iconic enough to sell toys, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can say in the prequels, I mean, the Phantom Menace, you know, they probably lean too much into the brand. And then later they mm-hmm. lean too much into the story. Force Awakens was a good movie, but very much a Star Wars brand type of movie. You know, everyone mm-hmm. wanted a little Kylo Ren toy, a little Finn toy, a little Rey toy. Last Jedi was deep into the story. And really there was nothing typically marketable about the movie. You know, right. I mean, nobody yep. wanted a grumpy old Luke Skywalker toy. <laughs> or a, you know, nobody wanted a decrepit old snoke toy you know what i mean yeah no so you know i I, and i think that's one of the reasons why people tend to harken back to the original trilogy because that's the only trilogy that was able to toe the line perfectly between both i mean every single character from that version there's a toy of them somewhere Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. 
Well, because George didn't go into it wanting to do merchandise. He wanted to tell a story. Well, I think it was both. Like, I, really? I, I, yeah. I, I think like, he, I think always, he, he always did want to build some form of his life. Well, I mean, he wanted to tell a story, but then I, when he saw it getting big, he was like, this is an opportunity to build a kind of empire off of this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I can see that when it went after the first one came out. But the first one that he did, in my mind, he's just wanting to tell a story that he has in his brain. Yeah, and that's where it stemmed. I mean, isn't that any storyteller? Like, we just want to get our our stories out. Yeah, I I I think it is. But I think Lucas has always been as much as he's as much of a businessman as he is a storyteller. Okay, and most yeah. people are either one or the other. Because he had like a as a storyteller, he had like mm-hmm. a merchandising deal like right off the bat. Like that was one of his big things. Yeah, no, he make sure he got right money from that. that, and yeah, mm-hmm. well, it's because also probably he didn't have any money. <laughs> Well, True. he sure didn't. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. So yeah, I feel like that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest things that people had such a problem with. And I, and I was kind of the same way. So this is one of the things that first kind of brought me around watching an interview with Ryan Johnson. And he was talking about how he wanted to sort of portray Luke as like a legend, sort of King Arthur type of the Star Wars world. And that, you mm-hmm. know, yes, in, he was a legend and he did accomplish great things, but later in his life, in his later, you know, in his older years, he sort of had to grapple with his history of violence and his history of, you know, yes, he, you know, committed violence and he was necessary, but at the same time, he slaughtered people and he killed people mm-hmm. and he had to kind of come to, you know, his humanity had to recognize that and he had to grieve that. So showing like Luke in this state of brokenness was sort of a respect to the burdens that he had to carry of you know, helping to bring down the Death Star and helping to be the face of the New Republic and helping to train Mm -hmm. this new, you know, generation of Jedi and, Mm -hmm. you know, all while fighting his dark impulses while also carrying the mantle of Luke Skywalker. And, you know, the fact that all of that, any of the rest of us probably would have broken long before he did, Mm -hmm. but he's well into his 60s and he's just now this, you know, tired, decrepit old, not decrepit, but he's this tired, tired, grumpy old warrior. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So looking at it through that, it's like, I, I do see the respect to his character. I wasn't like a fan of it at first, you know, but I, I understand it. I understand mm-hmm. it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then especially, you know, accepting the responsibility for Ben's turn to the dark side yep. and all that. Mm-hmm. And really the overall feel, like even just like the cinematography and the music and the very open, very sort of flowy atmosphere, it had a very like Arthurian medieval sort of feel to it that just happened to be in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i yeah. never looked at it that way but i agree with you mm-hmm. I, I, I like it's it a good way to describe bringing it. that to bringing that to our attention yeah yeah even just the very last shot of him you know when he fades into the in when you know he's sitting on the rock and he's looking at the sunsets it's like it feels like something of legend it feels like that could be king arthur that could mm-hmm. easily be you know yes. holy excalibur really does yeah so yeah yeah so i that, that's 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 a big thing that kind of changed my mind on it okay so deleted scenes this one i wish they had left this in because it would have made rose's arc a lot more powerful because we met her sister very very briefly in the very first Mm -hmm. uh you know the very first scene and then she dies very tragically but i remember sitting in the theater and i was like wait who's this person again why am i supposed like i feel like i'm supposed to be very sad that she's dying i have no idea who she is Mm -hmm. well there was a deleted scene where she's sitting in the cockpit of her x-wing thing or whatever and she's got a little picture of her and Rose kind of on her next to her dashboard thing. Mm-hmm. 
and she's got the other half of that little medallion thing that uh, that Rose mm. had. So right away, it's like, okay, there's something emotionally to tie us to. Okay, she's trying to get back to her sister and, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. this, that's a family thing. So now her death is, the, it hurts that much more, mm -hmm. you know? So then we meet Rose and we understand why she's so, you know, why we're attached to her. Yeah, and her death is kind of delayed. Like our reaction to her death is kind of delayed. Very yeah, delayed. Meet Rose mm -hmm. and understand what's happening. Exactly. exactly. That would have been a lot better to include in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that deleted scene existed. Yeah. So yeah, if they left that in, I would have, you know, it would have been, it would have made so much, it been a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just had to comment on a grouchy old Luke. He's just done with everybody, done mm -hmm. with everybody's nonsense. He's fed up. He doesn't care. He's yeah. Handling Harrison Ford. I was going to say, yeah, he's just like Harrison. <laughs> that's what's one, literally, that's one of my comments as I was watching. I'm like, it's like he's channeling Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I didn't think of it at the time, but like, yeah, you're right. You're right. He is grouchy old mm -hmm. Ford Luke, Luke Ford. Mm -hmm. There you go. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And then, okay. And finally, I saw it in the theater and I couldn't get away from it. I understand Leia has been force sensitive, but she's flying through space, ghostly, with her dress flowing in the air, because whatever air, not or lack thereof in space, it's Leia Poppins. <sighs> Leia. It's so is. Poppins. <laughs> it's freaking Mary Poppins, y'all. It's it Mary Poppins. It's Leia Poppins. It's Leia I Poppins. She's, it. she's flying. It's like, like. There's so many ways you could have filmed. They could have filmed that scene. They could have done it. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, just just endless thousands of ways. And I kept having to hear chim chimini chim chimini chim chim as she's going through. You know, do 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 like. Oh boy! Of all the choices you could have made, you went with that. It was not good. Okay, that's not the first time they've done that. What do you mean? Kanan does the exact same thing in Rebels. Did, uh, did he? Yes. He got ejected out and he like stops and he pushes himself with the force back to the inside of the ship and he almost dies. Huh. I remember In that. season three or four, he's blind at this point. I do have a vague memory of that. I think, yeah, Maul, Maul. Maul is the one who shot him out. He's like, mm -hmm. and he is my apprentice now. Poof. Huh. Poof. Poof. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, you're right. This I, is not I, the first time this has happened. I think it's just, it just how it makes ridiculous more sense it looks. because he's like force, like he actually uses the force, and where it's Leia, it Could just be. looks weird. I think part of it is the the dress flowing and all that. I think That's the thing. The, the absurdity of it. You the know? dress flowing in there. It's I I can't not see Julie Andrews. I can't not what? see. It looks very bizarre. And it, what's so sad about that scene is we have this tragic beautiful beautifully tragic moment right with her and her son where mm -hmm. they feel each other and you can see it and then you see her like and and it explodes and you're right. like oh no we're losing Leia like this is where it happens mm -hmm. we're losing her and then all of a sudden this comical moment of bringing her back I'm like guys just let her die gracefully right I'm just like we're really gonna go with this choice we're really doing Yikes. this right now really Ugh. yeah and she ends up I mean, it, tragically, Carrie ends up passing away soon after that. Right. So, like, they have to figure out a different way for her to die in the next movie. And it's just like, you could have just, just, just done it. Done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little comical when I L saw it. A little, like, what's little happening? Much. A little much. <laughs> it was. Yeah. 
like I said, there's things I like about this movie, but there's critic, there, there's things I don't, and that's one yeah. of them. So, oh, yeah. 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 Got that off my chest. I can move on now. So, yeah. Uh, moving on. Oh, so a lot of people, myself included, had a lot of problem with some of the messages, like the line that got really popular. You know, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Um, you know, it's time to let old things die. Uh, you know, those were kind of spoken in the in the trailers and, you know, very quotable lines. Um, after we just got off this big nostalgia trip of The Force Awakens. So it's like mm-hmm. very poor timing right there. Or and then, you know, DJ's line, it's like, you blow them up today, they blow up you tomorrow. Eh, same difference, whatever. And at face value, I was like, man, this is a really cynical and depressing and nihilistic view of Star Wars. So after all those things, I sort of had to step back and not just look at who was saying these cynical and pessimistic phrases, but why they were saying them. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, okay, so first of all, Ben, as I said earlier, Ben was so committed to his pride and his anger and all that. And his whole character arc was that he was running from his past and he was running Mm -hmm. from Han Solo. He was running from Leia. He was running from Luke. He was running from his very identity. I'm Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. I'm not Ben. Mm Mm-hmm. But no matter how much he ran and ran and ran, it still caught up to him in the end. I mean, right down when he faced down with Luke. I mean, it was his past. He couldn't let the past die. You know, he yeah. couldn't kill the past. It still came back on him. So he was wrong. And then with DJ, like, okay, he's a cynical, nihilistic snake. Like, of mm-hmm. course he's going to say something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean you're supposed to agree with him. It just means, right. So it's like, yeah. it fits. Yeah. So again, like just looking at, at that with that through that eye, I was like, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. I definitely mm-hmm, get it. Mm-hmm. The training between Ray and Luke, probably some of my favorites of, of uh, the whole sequence, just some of my favorites throughout the whole movie. Very first time she sits on the on the on the rock, you know, reach out. Feel it. That that's the force. Wow, it must be really strong with you. Psh, smack. <laughs> oh, you meant with my heart. Yes. Yeah. You meant like <laughs> that look. Yeah, he's a grumpy old master. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I, that's that's cool. That's fun. Oh, oh boy. That's fun. Uh, so my next point, it's, and this is really sort of a technical choice that I would have preferred them done differently, as I kind of wish when Ray kind of went into her, like, dark underworld sort of, you know, revelation mm-hmm. uh, underneath the island. Like, I think it would have been a lot more powerful if she hadn't narrated it. You know, when she's like, when she sees, like, the copies of herself, and mm-hmm. she's like, I knew it was calling me somewhere, but I didn't know where... Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if they just let that out and let the scene sort of speak for itself, it would have been like a lot more impactful because it was definitely a harken back to Luke's kind of descent into mystery and the Empire Strikes Back when he confronts or when he goes into the dark side of Dagobah mm-hmm. yeah. and he has a vision of him facing off with Leia, which turns out to be himself, <clears throat> you know, that didn't need to be narrated. It was just a very artistic you know, this is what it is, open, this is your, how do you interpret this? You know, it kind of causes you to think. And I know, what what, what are you thinking? You look like you're thinking about something. Well, so I never, I never correlated the the Dagobah scene with that scene. I correlate it with her, her Death Star scene in the next movie. Because she goes into a spot and she sees her dark self and there's no narration. Oh, true, true. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this scene, I never understood. I just still don't understand this scene. I don't understand. I understand her going and descending into the darkness, Mm -hmm. but I don't understand Mm -hmm. the multiple people. I don't understand any of what it's showing. I feel like it just totally destroys what we're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out who she is. I feel like it adds nothing to it. Right. 
Well, so and it might uh, be because I just don't understand it. <laughs> right now, I got gotcha. you. What I saw, and and again with the interview with uh, you know, when Johnson when he was talking about it, he was like, you know, one of the most pivotal moments in The Empire Strikes Back is, you know, Luke trying to figure out, you know. Luke going in one direction and thinking his father is this one thing. You know, he thinks his father is this great Jedi and this person mm-hmm. he's supposed to be with, be with mm-hmm. or be like. And then he finds out it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, he finds mm-hmm. out it is the antithesis of everything he stands for and he has to deal with that. So with Ray, he wanted to do something that was the opposite of that. So her whole arc was, if I find out who my parents are, then I'll find out who I am. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the opposite of that was, you're not going to have all the answers here. I'm not going to, you're not going to find out who your parents are. You have to figure that out. When she just saw herself in the mirror, it was like, it's not really up to your parents because they're not here. It's you. You have to make that decision. That's kind of what he was going for. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't so, like the narration with that either though. It was just yeah. too much. Yeah. So like if they just done something, you know, just kept it quiet. And then she said, you know, looked into the little mirror thing and she was like, show me them, show me my parents. And then she just sees herself. Like, I feel like that would have just left it at that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like that would have been, to me, would have been a little more powerful. Mm-hmm. And then the destroying of the Jedi texts, obviously definitely didn't like it originally, but, uh, you know, again, I sort of chalked it back up to that, you know, it's just good old impulsive Luke being impulsive Luke. Like, you know, he believed he was, you know, he wrecked him. It tore him apart to have to do it. But on that impulse, like, this is what he felt he had to do. And then of course he hesitated at the end. It's like, no, no, I can't do this. And then, of course, Yoda just blows that up, literally. Well, the text didn't get destroyed, right? No, but in, in Luke's right? mind, they did. Oh, okay. I'm okay. like, I'm, I'm like 90% sure that Ray has them. Yeah, okay. she did. <laughs> I was like, that ruins one of my points later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, I think Yoda knew, and he's like, there's nothing in there. I literally <laughs> say that. I literally say that. Oh, do you? My, Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. you're, I'm not mad, but they said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then he he used the the line. It, it's it's funny, like a double meaning with the line. He's like, you know, Yoda's like, a, oh yes, there's knowledge in them, but nothing that the girl Ray doesn't already possessed. Yeah, like, because she hint. literally has the books. <laughs> that's what I said in my thing. I can't remember uh, when I get there. I'll, I'll read it. Yeah, but it, yeah, I said yeah. some not nice things about Yoda. Okay. <laughs> but I had to edit. No, Aww. not like in a mean. No, you'll see. It's, it's oh okay. Right. But I had to edit what I was going to say about him. Yeah. 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 So I, I like some of the lightsaber tricks they did between Ben and Ray, you know, when he, uh, yeah. you know, grabs it and like gets the guy like right in the eye behind him. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's again, it's another one of those, like, it's like stopping the lightsaber blast or the, uh, mm-hmm. the blaster shot, mm-hmm. you know, with the force, mm-hmm. like very cool. another thing we haven't seen before. So mm-hmm. we had uh, some new things, new yes, things, very exactly. cool. very old cool. things shown in new ways. Yes. Uh, so that was cool. It, I thought it was interesting the way Ben was, you know, he kept asking Ray to join him almost like. It wasn't menacing. It was almost like he was begging her, like he was pleading, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And it, and again, it was like one of those his worldview is crumbling, but he's kind of like if she joined him, it would sort of reassure him, right? That mm-hmm, you know, exactly. that's you know, but he's on the right side, mm-hmm. exactly. But she, of course, she doesn't. And again, it just it gets weaker and weaker and weaker. You know, his whole mm-hmm, yeah. fortress that he's built around himself. Yep. Uh, the whole thought of Ray being a nobody, I was really, t- I'm I'm torn on it, partially because of it changes so much, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's like what we talked about before in the first awakens, they really set her up to be somebody. Mm-hmm. And then the idea, you know, the idea that she doesn't have a, any important history and that she's just this random person. It is a cool idea because it's something we haven't seen before, 
it would have been cooler if we weren't led to believe that she was somebody. So it's like, yeah, so much conflict and it's inconsistent and it's annoying. Yes. Hence the problem. Yep. Exactly. Hence the problem. Yeah. And I mean, it was always hinted that if they were ever going to be a seven, eight and nine movie, it was going to be about Darth Vader's grandkids. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everyone sort of believed that. So it's like, are we getting that? Are we not getting that? Like, give us something, you know? Uh, yeah. Just a lot of, a lot of, irritation there yep Mm -hmm. if the rise of skywalker actually like delivered on Mm -hmm. that the last jedi probably would have had a better rep see i think that's part of the problem there's no consistency between these movies no because they had different writers and nobody to Mm -hmm. correct them exactly Mm -hmm. that is the problem Mm -hmm. it's like we're gonna set it up and then you're gonna break it it's like okay you broke it let's just build off that nope we're gonna go back to this to the setup it's like oh my annoying (laughs) yep yeah but uh, let's see so the final fight between luke and ben just heartbreaking tragic you know but very again very much themed as star wars like no matter how angry he got luke never you know he only looked at him with sadness and kindness and pity mm-hmm. and you know just love he just loved him despite how angry he was you know it's yep. very much in that you know selfless jedi kind of you know that that mm-hmm. the way the way of the Jedi, you know, mm-hmm. it's it was so, cool to see. I love it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm definitely. I have that in my notes too. That's like the best thing ever. The best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> so very very cool. I, I this is actually a comment on what you were saying earlier about uh, you know the different themes. Like all of these movies really are to quote Lucas, they're like poetry. You know, they sort of rhyme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Anakin, Luke, Ray, force sensitive underdogs on a desert planet, taken under a master, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, or Luke. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually being who the masters eventually have to be sacrificed. Yeah. So the protagonist can become who they need to be. Mm-hmm. And then of course, and then but then in Force Awakens, you know, it's like since Luke is absent, Han Solo sort of has to step into that role to kind of kick mm-hmm. things off. Mm-hmm. And then he's the one who sacrificed. So it's like it's, mm-hmm. you know, there there really is just a consistent like yeah, they're stanzas. They're very, mm-hmm, they're po- mm-hmm. all these movies are poetic stanzas. Yeah, that's a good um, way to look at it. Yeah. So I, I thought that's, that's a cool. Well, and I'm glad we've kept that continuity. Like, mm-hmm. if we're not going to have any other continuity, let's at least keep the rhythm that George started us with. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can, can, so we can at least still feel like it's Star Wars. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's a very popular behind the scenes thing where he's talking about the Phantom Menace and you know, back way back when he was doing that and how he all had planned and his literally quote was like, it's, po- it's like poetry, you know, it's sort of, it rhymes, you know? Mm-hmm. So in Lucas's yeah. vision, it was always meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, you know, yeah, I felt this movie was uh, definitely deeper, a little more complex than other movies. Not the Star Wars isn't deep. I mean, Star Wars has always been rich and complex, but you know, it's, it's always been delivered in such a way to where it's pretty straightforward. You know, you really don't have to kind of chew on it and kind of mm-hmm. meditate on it. And this one you kind of did, you know, and I think that kind of threw a lot of people off, myself included, it threw a lot of people off, it threw me off. But then spending more time with it, I'm like, wow, yeah, no, this is definitely a, a different take on very consistent themes. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I got out of it really is that, you know, there's only so many Death Stars you can blow up. There's only so many Emperors you can throw down, you know, utility shafts. And, uh, but until, you know, it's true. I know. True. I just, I just <sighs> utility shafts is a thing in Star Wars. Like everyone exactly. goes down a utility shaft. Exactly. 
you know, so that's it's how things end uh, in a lot of these movies. But it's really until someone's soul is ultimately redeemed, the bad guys aren't really defeated. You know, I mean, the original trilogy, like the biggest thing that turned everything around was the biggest redemption. It was Darth Vader's Anakin's, mm -hmm. re you know, redemption. Mm -hmm. It was the return yep. of the Jedi, you know. And so here it's like you see that theme of that theme throughout the movie. It was never about blowing up the evil base, but it was about changing your mind. The whole movie mm -hmm. was about changing your mind. You know, Luke had to change his mind from giving up to becoming that symbol of hope he once was, uh, but on his terms, you know, yeah. Poe had to change from being the, as she says, was a Holdo said, you know, trigger happy flyboy, to someone who thinks tactically and fights smarter, not harder, doesn't fight as impulsively, mm -hmm. you know, and then Ray had to go from finding her identity in her parents to finding her identity in who she chose to be, you know, so mm -hmm. she had to kind of get out, you know, on her own to do that, uh, you know, looking inside herself and that which strengthened her connection to use the force. Mm -hmm. so uh, i definitely saw that theme and i think that's really ultimately what the movie was about and as it, it, it dj's nihilistic attitude about you know oh you blow them up today they blow you up tomorrow whatever you know it's it's when you see that enough times you do tend to get nihilistic you tend to not care and this movie was having was about caring this movie was having mm -hmm. to choose to care again because any kind of anarchy or revolution or rebellion or whatever it all starts mentally it all starts in the mind mm -hmm. you know and that's you know that that was the biggest change that all the characters had to uh, had to go with it, which kind of makes sense that whole angel and devil thing even though it wasn't delivered very well it makes sense for you know rose to have that like no you need to care about these things mm -hmm. you know and finn having to kind of decide which path to go on mm -hmm. she, she um, didn't need to kiss him I have that in my notes too. <laughs> yeah, it was a little forced. Little forced. I will. I will give you that. I have that in my notes too. <laughs> yeah, de definitely unnecessary. But... Maybe a kiss on the cheek, not on the lips. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Like I freaking mm, Star Wars. It was. It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad for her. Like real life, her like Kelly Marie. Oh, absolutely. She got so much like smack oh, yeah. about it and all these things i'm like you poor woman like you are you were a great actress yes you had to do what was in the script like yeah. they need to stop harking on you because i think rose would have been a great character yeah absolutely i agree absolutely you know, and then all... poor rose got taken out of the next movie because of all the slack yeah. stupid well, she was in it she just had a smaller role yeah she but... was like five seconds like five seconds. ryan yeah, nine, ryan exactly. set her up to be a lot bigger than what jj mm -hmm. did in the next movie i right. agree no, i did. think she would have been much better as a bigger character but yeah i don't think we should ever let like jj and ryan work on the same trilogy again i feel like they don't agree with each other's views and it was they're, a bad choice <laughs> they're two completely different directors oh, oh my yes. gosh so different so different so different like and that's, that's one thing I even noticed visually. I was watching that and then I watched The Rise of Skywalker and I was like, just right down to the color schemes. Like The Last Jedi, the tones were very, you know, sort of washed out and very, you know, straightforward. Whereas JJ, he loves all the tilted angles and the bright colors and the neon and everything. And like, those are great styles, mm -hmm. but they're, they're, they're clashing so much. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, so much. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, oh, yeah, consistency would have saved a lot of it, but yes. it, you know, it wasn't all bad. There was some good. Yeah. Maybe it's a good thing that even though I have mixed feelings about Ryan Johnson, just probably because of again the the back and forth between JJ and him. Mm -hmm. Maybe if he just writes one, like if he gets to do one trilogy and he is the center point of that trilogy, maybe mm -hmm. we'll actually like it because it's continuity. It's yes. Mm -hmm. And we know he loves Star Wars and he know we know he knows the the 
the universe and, mm-hmm. and all the things. So maybe Agree. I have hope if long as he does the whole trilogy himself. Right. I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he's good at what he does. I mean, he's done. He's made some good stuff outside of uh-huh. Star Wars. I have my list. Yeah, I see <laughs> yeah, that. Things. <laughs> yeah. so what what is what is the list, Amy? We'll just move into you. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to Dan because I could have never said exactly what you just said. That whole last paragraph that you did. That's that's like what I wanted to convey. But you just oh, thanks. You know, you're like a writer, or whatever. So yeah. good job. I try. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So Ryan Johnson, he produced Looper, Knives Out. And then he did three of like the best Breaking Bad episodes ever, Fly 51 and Ozzy, um, Ozymandias. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Ozymandias. Mm. Yeah. yeah, okay. Which is just, that's right there, like what we were just talking about, the style. Just not like JJ at all. It's so different. The The feeling of his movies, that everything is just so different. And that is the biggest problem. If you look at this movie by itself and you just kind of ignore the two around it, I think that's how you have to kind of digest it, which is basically what we've been saying this whole time. That's the way I think you can wrap your head around it because when you go into it with the other ones, it's just a, just a giant confusing mess and it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was just curious because I knew Ryan did like Looper and Knives Out and I was curious what else he did. And when I saw the Breaking Bad episodes, I was like, okay, this is why I like, I probably like the movie right off the style of it, the writing, it fits more into things that I like. So I liked that the difference the the darker kind of storyline i liked all of that because that interests me a little bit more so i think that was part of it too was what you're looking mm-hmm. for when you go into the movie and mm-hmm. i don't have the same expectations when i go into anything no, Star you Wars, do not. So, <laughs> it's different when i go into it you know so i think that was that was part of the problem mm-hmm. and then again i i don't think the lead up into this movie was so great because we were doing a rehash but then having everybody come in with different ideas it just it was never going to be consistent no matter what. Yeah. But as he's shown in the past, the cinematography was amazing. The shots were all well done. You could tell everything was thought out and with a purpose. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really great. The whole movie, one of my favorite sequences, even though it's sad, is when you have Finn and Rose who are literally laying on the floor waiting to die. And then it goes mm-hmm. over to Ray and Kylo breaking the lightsaber in their fights. And then you see the resistance watching um, Holdout basically do her her sacrifice where she does. I saw they called it like the Holdout maneuver when I was looking up online mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, OK, that's a good description of it. But just all of those tying in together and you're bouncing around to all these scenes pretty quickly. And then you see her shoot into the ship and you're just like silent and it's dead silent and you just see the light and everything. It's sad and it's tragic but it's the most beautiful thing to just Mm -hmm. watch and then the Mm -hmm. aftermath you're just brought right back into it when everybody realizes what just happened and then finn and rose trying to escape and all that but Mm -hmm. yeah it just was all of there are so many beautiful shots but that one really stuck out in my head and i rewatched again last night because i just love the whole setup of it Mm -hmm. Uh, some of the funnier things (laughs) chewy and the (laughs) forks Oh my goodness. It was just every moment that Chewie had with the Borg was hilarious. I really, it's and so bad. But him, vegetarian. <laughs> him frying it up and then they're all just looking at him. I was like, Chewie, that's so funny. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, it's just hilarious. But then when they end up with a whole bunch of them on the Falcon with them. Right. 
Oh, Chewy. Chewy, Chewy. Like I was about to eat it and then he's like, well, now I feel bad. I, I know. I was <laughs> like, just and like, now I'm a vegetarian. I know. I was like, do you see what you just did, dude? I mean, come <laughs> on. Look at these sad little things. Ugh. But it was too funny. It's super funny. When R2 is trying to get Luke to come and be part of the resistance and he, and he just like casually turns and he plays that little Leia <laughs> when she's reaching out to Obi-Wan. Oh, mm-hmm. that whole scene had me cracking up the the whole like, thing. that's a cheap shot. Exactly. <laughs> In my head, I said it and then Luke said it. I was just like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But R2 knows what he's doing. He knows how to get yes, to Luke. Mm-hmm. Like you said, and I love that Archie is like cussing him out as he's like sees him. He's mm-hmm. like, "Stop it! This is a holy place." <laughs> <laughs> so funny! I just their reunion was just great. So I really enjoyed that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yoda, he is—I won't say this—he is a jerk. Yes, better. <laughs> I word. had a different word that starts with a D in there originally, and then I copied it over and changed it. Uh, with that whole scene with the Jedi text, because obviously Luke doesn't know that Ray already took them, but just mm-hmm. the way he's freaking out, you know, he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And part of it was just the way that Yoda just does the whole lightning thing. And he laughs about it. And I'm like, Yoda, that's me. <laughs> Poor Luke is having a heart attack over there. Oh my gosh. But then that whole thing where he says page turners, they were not. And then he goes into, you know, but Ray obviously Ray has them and he's saying that without saying it. And I'm just like, could mm-hmm. you just tell him? Could you, mm-hmm. could you just say it? Just let him know Ray took them. It's fine. They're, they're mm-hmm. all good. <sighs> but well, he was like, it it was is, too funny. the rest of your lines you didn't say, he's like, oh, read them, have you? And looks like, yes. uh, well, well why? I, why yeah, you? yeah. The sacred Jedi text, oh, read them, have you? And looks like, eh, well, I mean, not really, but yeah. Yoda's just a jerk and I love him. He's too funny. Well, it's cool to see that like even Yoda, who was a Jedi master, who mm-hmm. everyone looked to, can look at everything and be like, not everything has to be the exact same as it was. Mm-hmm. Like change has to happen. Like in and my mind, fine. that was Yoda saying it's okay for change to happen. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to go back to how it was before Anakin became Darth Vader and the Clone mm-hmm. Wars and et cetera. Mm-hmm. yeah that was what it was something new mm-hmm. that was my interpretation when i when i saw that scene i agree yeah it's like it's a new generation it's new yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. good did you see the black bb8 uh did you see it did you see it i don't uh, know it's yes, probably not i a- own a black bb8 you have the black one but it's a bad one isn't it yes it's on the- don't i have a black one do you yes. have a black one? I do. It's back there. I did not realize you had a black one. I have a black BB-8. I have an R2-D2 and I have a BB-8. Okay. A well, the BB-8. black BB-8 is like the coolest freaking thing. It's it. so cool looking. Oh, I know. <laughs> He's bad. He's on the wrong side. But you can reprogram it, right? So it's fine. Yeah. But, oh, when I saw that on the ship, I was just like, I forgot because, you know, I've only seen this movie like once. So when I saw the, the little BB-8, I was like, that's so cool. And it was on there for like two seconds. But mm-hmm. I want one. It's it's great. Even though I like our OG BB-8 too, but the black one was just yeah. so sleek looking. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you brought up Rose's line. I love this line that she said to Finn when she said, that's how we're going to win. Not fighting what we hate, saving what we love. Mm-hmm. And I'm yes. like, there's a key thing right there. You know, you got to look at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Finn was full of hate in that moment when he was going to sacrifice himself. And that's not what you need to do. You need to save what you love and you will get further. Mm-hmm. And then as you've already said, I don't need the romance. No. Nah. It was just unnecessary and awkward and I did not care for it at all. No, no, no. So he's General Hux. 
Is that it? He's a general, yeah, right? General yeah, Hux. General Hux. I like how he openly hates Kylo. I think it's hilarious. That's fine. <laughs> that he just very clearly cannot stand Kylo Ren at all. And he just, I think he's just ready for someone to take him out. Even, mm-hmm. you know, he technically can't, but I'm like, eh, I don't think anyone would complain though, Hux, if you just kind of, you know, took him out, Kylo. I, everyone seems a little bit off with him. They're not really fans. So. <laughs> right. And just saying, Hux probably could have just done it himself and been done with this whole thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. And when, again, Kylo is losing his mind when they're going after Luke and they're firing, oh, so unnecessary. All those shots at him. All right. More, more. more. I'm just like, bro, you need to take a step. And everyone's looking at him like, right. All right. Okay. I guess and we'll Hux- just keep doing this. Hux's line. I think you got him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just well, like, every gun we have to fire on that man. <laughs> it's so funny, though. Yeah. That whole thing is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. But that whole scene, so when Luke versus Kylo and you've got all those walkers coming up to him and he's standing there and you got the sun in the background, it's mm-hmm. the whole shot is so beautiful. Just mm-hmm. seeing him face it. Oh, I just love that whole mm-hmm. scene. It was beautiful. You know, even though I'm like, oh, this is kind of it for Luke, but it was it was just gorgeous i love the way that they they filmed that and the projection thing because you know i don't follow star wars enough i was just like okay the first time i watched the movie i was just like so confused about what was going on with luke (laughs) right so when i watch it this time i'm like okay i'm gonna really pay attention about why i'm an idiot and didn't realize he wasn't really there i'm like okay first of all obviously he came into the bunker and there was no way into the bunker as we established there was no way in no way out because of the Mm -hmm. the rocks and everything in the Mm -hmm. backside then i watched his feet and i'm like oh that little like stuff on the ground whatever it is sand snow it's a salt salt whatever okay salt Mm -hmm. thank you Mm-hmm. he there nothing moves when he moves his foot and i was like oh how did i not notice this really oh my god and then obviously you know the laser thing i was obviously very confused the first time i'm like how do you survive that that was a right. lot yeah <laughs> of shooting directly at you and yeah but at the same time kylo did not notice because he was too emotional to pick up on the clues mm-hmm. all the same to connect the dots in his head so i'm like okay well and even me. even for us like as soon as he showed up in the bunker, I knew he was projecting because mm-hmm. he doesn't look yeah. anything like he does on the island. On the island, he has a bigger beard, he has longer hair, he's, mm-hmm. he's older, and the projection is what he looked like when Kylo, when mm-hmm. him and Kylo kind of had their last oh, that makes sense so, too. Okay, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, you're projecting, <sighs> and then of course the other little things that you said, I'm like, yeah. it, it confirmed it. Yeah, but that's why Kylo that. can't see it because he doesn't know looks like now he that That is exactly what Luke Luke looked like Mm -hmm. when he last saw him so it's just and I agree with the emotional he's too emotional to understand what's happening but yeah it was pretty it was one of those things I was kind of proud of myself I'm like he's a projection I know it I'm calling it and it was good job like how'd you know but my parents don't pay attention to those things yeah well obviously (laughs) I don't either but this time I tried to (laughs) and see what was going on and then we kind of just brought it up a little bit ago, but after all the blasts stop and we're just waiting and all that red is in the air. And then, yeah, Luke just pops out and just brushes his shoulder off. It's nothing. Is that all yeah. you got? That's it, Kylo? <laughs> okay. Come at me, bro. That was great. I died. Mm-hmm. I just, it was the best thing ever. I love it. And in this movie and, or in particularly in that moment, Luke was so BA as we like to abbreviate. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, 
in this moment when he's facing Kylo Ren. I think Luke is the most BA he has been in the entire like Star Wars thing, franchise, series, whatever. And that's my opinion. And again, having seen the movies like once. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't have the the reference points, you know, or the obsession or yeah, any of that. But it's just the whole demeanor, the way he acts with Kylo. And like Dan said, it was out of love. And he never went to that angry place when he was with him. He just mm-hmm. did what he needed to do. And mm-hmm. I was just like, ah, oh, this is the coolest Luke has ever been. And as you know, as you said at the beginning, I was like, what the heck is up with Luke? So I don't know how you feel about the whole Luke thing, but that's just my opinion on the whole thing. He has his moments and this is one of his moments. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. The other so. moment in my mind is in Return of the Jedi when he's facing Jabba. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was also pretty. You're right. Yeah. But again, he was pretty, he was pretty yeah. like, dude, just listen to me or you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question about force production since I obviously don't understand anything about them. Did he actually touch Leia? Like, is that a thing or was it just... You don't know. Okay. I just I was no wondering about it. No I'm idea. like, did they physically touch? I don't understand what exactly happened. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. All right. I just was wondering if anybody knew, but obviously it's a great that's, mystery. So no that's not something that has ever been fleshed out. Like I okay. even like every, I've watched every single episode of Clone Wars mm-hmm. and you never see that mm-hmm. when they do like the more Jedi centric mm-hmm. episodes. So if anything that had to be like in a book or maybe in the yeah. legends or something is where yeah. Ryan got that. I'm not sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyway, moving on. But I loved the reunion between Luke and Leia, as we've already said. Mm-hmm. That was great and epic. And it was so nice to see on screen. Mm-hmm. I still don't like the weird mind thing with Ray and Kylo. I still think it's strange and I'm not a fan <laughs> of watching them do that weird talking back and forth. And all that. again, I get it. It's to help Kylo. All that. I understand the purpose. I just don't care for it. Because it's weird. it was supposed to bring it was supposed to help bring her to the dark side. Well, yeah, but it didn't work. <laughs> Whatever its purpose is, I just I don't like it. I just think it's strange. Uh, and we've kind of already touched on this. Ray has darkness that she's trying to fight. Kylo has the light that he's trying to fight. So this mm-hmm. is kind of looking at the question of balance in the Force, because as we know, the Jedi were all about the light. The Sith are all about the dark. But here we are finally finding two characters who have the potential to kind of find a balance and become mm-hmm. the gray, right? Gray Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. And I feel like when Kylo destroys his helmet, like he destroys everything, but in particular, when he destroys the helmet and he stops wearing it, I feel like then he's really struggling more with resisting the light side. So it's almost like a symbol, like where he's starting to convert more to the light side. Mm. And we, as we've already said, I wish there was just more information around what the heck was going on with him and why Uh he is the way he is. And Ashley already presented a great idea of what they could have done and they didn't do. And this is where we are. So we will just never, maybe someday we'll know. Maybe. Uh Maybe. But as of today, we still don't really have a good answer to any of this nonsense. And I just think it's interesting, again, with Ray, that Kylo's really out trying to kill literally everybody, his parents, his uncle everybody even kills the big bad and snoke he's just like see you later dude but ray is just the one person that he just really can't bring himself to actually mm-hmm. knock off so i think that's really interesting about him but we know why because you know again the whole balance crap but right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know it's whatever essential plots of the lore whatever it's, it's like the main thing about the whole movie but whatever you know that <laughs> whole cares? thing that little thing that they talk about yeah 
So Dan has already kind of done done this, the whole loop breakdown. And mm. I thought it made sense oh, with him yeah. blaming himself and all the pressure and all that stuff. And then so I looked it up to see what maybe Lucas had in mind for if he would have been able to oh, do his okay. vision. Uh, again, I got this off the internet and I did not do a lot of research. So if this is wrong, please don't come at me because I was just reading random things off the internet and I don't know how true it is. But there's some sort of book or something called Star Wars Fast Fascinating Facts that's out there that's supposed to have information about this in it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. You don't know either. All right. Anyway, so apparently Luke in episode eight was going to be killed off by Lucas, similar to what happened in The Last Jedi, and that there was going to be the female Jedi Knight who was going to be trained by Luke, who was going to be the central character. And I found other names for her. They said uh, the Force Sensitive Girl, it, her names were possibly Taryn, Thea, Winky, and Kira. <laughs> Winky really killed me because I was like, what? <laughs> that is a terrible. Really weird. <laughs> Why would you call her Winky? That's awful. If it's a different pronunciation. Winky I hope so. And I just I hope that. So. I really hope so because I was like, that's bizarre. That's a weird name. <laughs> But anyway, so this Force-sensitive girl, whatever her name was, was going to find her way to Luke, who was living in a self-imposed exile in an ancient Jedi temple. And at first, he was in a dark state of mind, but returns to his old self and ultimately agrees to train her, helps rebuild the Jedi, seeks out other survivors of Order 66, and new young recruits. And Hamill actually said Luke would have survived until Episode Nine and trained Leia in the Force. So I thought that was really Hmm. interesting, a little tidbit insight whatever and uh, apparently the plot was inspired by the aftermath of the iraq war so leia was rebuilding the republic and the remnants from the remnants of the empire which have fallen into the hands of the criminal underworld darth maul has united criminal factions and consolidated power so he would have been back and there were going to be stormtroopers that have set up control of their own planets and continue to fight even though the galactic civil war had ended Maul would have trained a Twi'lek apprentice named Darth Talon, apparently. So okay. I was like, that's way different than, than different. what cool. they did. And I was like, that sounds actually a lot better than what they did do. Mm-hmm. That's something so, we would have seen in like Rebels or, you know, one yeah, of these shows yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if Darth Maul was still around and all that, they could have yeah. maybe went that route. But I don't know. I just, I thought that sounded a lot more interesting to have Darth mm-hmm. Maul involved and and like you were saying, they, I guess Luke had said, or Luke, Lucas had said it, the, the series was like, it was about the father, the son and the daughter, and then the grandchildren, like you were saying. So Leia mm-hmm. would have been more heavily involved, but that's not what we got. So it is whatever at this point. And we've already talked about this. Luke sacrificing himself, just like Obi-Wan Kenobi with Vader. So that whole tie-in thing with Dan Dan said much better. <laughs> and Ray is a nobody. So I did go back and forth on this too, because the first movie was setting it up so she was related, which would have made sense with what they were doing. But I couldn't picture what they were going to do with her as far as where she came from. Because obviously we've already, already established that Han and Leia did not have her, because there's mm-hmm. no reference to that. The Luke thing was interesting that she brought up Ashley. I could have maybe seen that. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. didn't ever reference it. So when they went with she's just a nobody in this one, I'm like, okay, so she's a nobody who shows that anybody can become the hero of the galaxy. That's cool. Awesome. And then we mm-hmm. don't do that. And then we kill it. Next movie. 
So I would have preferred them just to keep her as a nobody if we were going to pick one. Well, again, JJ probably was like, what did you do to my storyline? I had her set up as somebody and now you tried to kill her. <laughs> so he kill just it. was so like, you know forget what? you. I'm going to ignore you mm-hmm. and do what I was planning. And right. do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. So again, this is the whole problem with all this bouncing around and nobody coming up with a central story. Yep. This is the giant problem. And I have That's not it. rewatched the last one yet. So I haven't no. either. Yeah. I started I remember, it. I have to finish it. I just remember last time when we were watching these movies, I watched the first one. I was like, ah, oh, that was cool. And then I watched the second one. I'm like, yeah, that was cool. And the third one, I was like, is it not over yet? This is just so long. So it's all the last one's a long one. It kind of drags out. Yeah, okay. exactly. Last one takes forever. Yes. Yeah. And I remember that. And that's why I have not committed to watching it yet, but I will. Yeah. Honestly, the last one reminds me of Lord of the Rings Return of the King or Re- Return of the King. No. What is the last Lord of the Rings movie called? It's Return of the yeah. King. You got it. Return yeah. of the King. Where I remember watching it in theaters and it like kind of ends and you're like, oh, it's done. And then they just add nope. more. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> end. end. They make it ends and then they add more. I'm like, would you just end? I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, that's too funny. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Is it my turn? It yes. is yours. And I noticed you seem to have been doing the same thing where you just randomly wrote down, wrote down your thoughts as you watched it. Yep, and I didn't finish <laughs> and it. And then you so can see where thoughts. you stopped <laughs> because the notes. I have, I have other thoughts. <laughs> so just so overall, this movie, I'll just start with my overall at the beginning. Overall, this movie, I actually enjoyed I remember watching it the first time and I came out of the theaters and I liked how they did it because of it was more into the story and I'm more of an into the story person. Mm -hmm. I like that they showed other elements than just what we normally get. And a lot of people were angry about that. A lot of people were angry that they did a casino, they did like a, a casino scene instead of like the grunge that we normally get. I'm like, but guys, we get the grunge every single time. Mm-hmm. Like there's more to the war than just the smugglers and the scum. Like mm-hmm. there's, I don't think they used it correctly. I feel like it could have been done a little differently, but I, I like that we were in different spots. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of it too. And the yeah. idea that people were getting rich off of the war, I'm like, yeah. well, that's a thing that really happened. That's real right. life. Oh. <laughs> real yeah. life. Yeah. So with that, at the very beginning, the very beginning scene, Poe ticks me off so much. Can we talk about the fact that we have this trigger happy fly boy mm-hmm. who Leia literally commands his butt to come back? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, and he loses. Like it's like he's okay with all these people dying just to take down a dreadnought. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no mm-hmm. you don't sacrifice your own people for a dreadnought. Right. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah. I will say, I think it's hilarious how he toyed with Hux at the very beginning. That was fun, but it was very un-Star Wars. Like in my brain, that's not normal Star Wars. Yeah, it, it was a little too heavy on the like real world snarkiness. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. Yes. The whole like, oh, I'll wait, I'll hold. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's not, no. It's like family guy humor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I've never watched Family Guy, but sure. (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. So yeah, I definitely, it's it's, it's that level of like sarcasm, Mm -hmm. like snarkiness. Yeah. And then I don't understand the, the timeline with this movie because we literally just killed Star Killer Base. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now we're fleeing for our lives. 
when they all like were scattered. So what, I mean, what happened in between here? Because I know that's how it was in the original trilogy. Like we destroyed the Death Star mm-hmm. and we're, we're hiding out, but we're hiding out on a, on a planet and we know the war is still going on. Mm-hmm. And the empire is still very much in, char- in power. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the empire is still very much in power, but in my brain, it just, it was too quick for them to all of a sudden find them, like to start right when they found them. It just, it it was, Mm -hmm. my brain couldn't wrap around why we had to start there. Yeah. And that's his own creative choice. Mm -hmm. I get it, but what the heck? Oh, the look on Leia's face when Mm -hmm. they destroyed the dreadnought, Mm -hmm. everyone else was excited, but hers was just, it was just so lost Mm because she has dealt with war literally her whole life. She has Mm -hmm. dealt with death and it's just, it was so heartbreaking because you know, like her face, she's like, I'm not thinking about the fact that we took down an enemy. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about the fact that we just lost 20, 30, 40 lives Mm -hmm. because I have one pilot who won't listen to my orders. Like Mm -hmm. Poe, this is where I lose Poe because I'm like, Poe, you, you, you have not been in this for as long as her she knows what she's doing you need to be Mm -hmm. listening to her and not just trying to be the hero you are not Mm -hmm. the hero Mm -hmm. so stop so he just i lost him after that after that like done yeah Yeah. so when she when luke and her fight meet for the very first time or they're bickering in the thing and she says something about the millennium falcon and and luke says hi Uh, where's han Han? yeah and Mm -hmm. i'm like "Ah, han yeah like I was like so sad for Luke because Luke's like, wait, where's Han? And when he like, realizes, oh, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see here. I Snook Snoke. I totally was spelling his name wrong. I think Snoke's plan against Ky- like how he's trying to raise Kylo is just so laughable. Or he he looks at he looks at Kylo as just this kind of laughable person like he's laughing at him all the time he's like mm-hmm. comparing mm-hmm. him to Vader like you are no Vader and it's right. just what bo- he's trying to boil Kylo up mm-hmm. and that's where he gets all this like rage and emotion is Snook is literally sitting here like you're not no you're no Vader mm-hmm. but he's trying to it's just the whole yeah anyways someone said laser sword again in this movie which made me laugh oh Luke Luke's Luke, yeah. mm-hmm. a laser sword yeah 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 I'm like oh Luke R2 and Luke reuniting just made my heart happy. Oh, Maz. Okay. When they decide to go off into to get the code master or code breaker or whatever his name is, when Maz is giving them it, like when they contact Maz, it literally looks like they are in a video game. It does kind of. I never thought about it, it right? She's giving them instructions like we're in a video game and she's giving them instructions <laughs> to find the mark. Like, you will find him in the casino with a red plume and he's at a high rolling so table. It's how she does it. I'm just like, are we in a Star Wars video game? Right so now? we like, just I entered a Star like... Wars game. <laughs> like, There's that merchandise we're talking about. I know. There you yes! go. It's a setup. Yes! It's a yes! setup for the video game. You gotta right. find Maz so she can tell you what to do. All exactly. Right. But I was just like, what is happening? Because that whole sequence, I love everything about Luke and or I love everything about what they did on the temple and how Luke's a grumpy old man. And I love all of that. I think it works. I was shocked that they made him a grumpy old man because Luke just never portrayed that in my brain, but mm-hmm. it makes sense for what he's gone through. Like how you explained it, Dan, of mm-hmm. all the things he's dealing with. And now he's a grumpy old man. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I love all of his and, and Ray and, and all the things, 
but the casino and just what they're trying to do to save themselves I it feels very it felt very video game-ish I'm like mm. this feels very like a video game and not a movie yeah like mm-hmm. I feel like it should have been more focused on what was being done between the two ships the ship fleets mm-hmm. than having them go off to try to find this code breaker mm-hmm. it just didn't make any sense to me and it, mm-hmm. I think it's just because it was a very video game-esque type thing yeah I, I mean, I do think it was cool that they showed us the the casino, that there is another side of the war. I do mm-hmm. think that seeing those kids mm-hmm. was really, I know it didn't make sense at first. And it still kind of doesn't make sense at the end of that movie because it shows the little boy like holding the 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 broom like the a lightsaber. Like yeah, it gives yeah. a hope that there are more like force sensitive kids out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was weirdly placed inside the trilogy. I think it's needed. I just think it's mm-hmm. weirdly placed inside the trilogy. You can see that. Yeah. So good stuff. Just uh, placing's weird. Yeah. But again, it comes back to the two different people. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Sammy, on the weird force thing that Snook did. It was odd. It was awkward. It was like even like the shirt thing she's like can you put on a shirt i'm like why are we doing this what is this what is this i mean it could have been on the toilet for all you know i mean you know, you never know when that <laughs> oh god what oh. did that happen you know that's uh, bizarre okay it's just it was it it was weird and if yeah i don't even know how they could have actually like salvaged that mm-hmm he talked about Harrison telling Luke how to be a grumpy old man. <laughs> so funny. Oh, Luke. Okay. So Luke saying to Ray, the force does not belong to the Jedi or the Sith. Mm-hmm. The best statement in all of the trilogies. Because here's, and this is where I agree 100% with Luke, that he's talking about how like the Jedi and the, and the balance and all these things. He's like, we don't need to be here to create balance in the force. There is already balance. We are the ones that are disrupting the balance. Mm. No true. Interesting. It's don't so you true. think because the force is in there to keep all of the, the nature and they can feel it and all the different things. It's the force users when they use it for their own personal gain, which right. I know Jedi are supposed to be like using it selfishly, but let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Everyone, whether it's supposed to be selfishly or not selfishly, it's still a personal gain thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even when you use it selfishly, because mm-hmm. you're using it for what you think is right. Mm-hmm. And we don't, I mean, no one knows what is actually right. Right. Is a concept that is human made and, and, and all the things. And personal. Mm-hmm. And personal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's your own purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's when he was taught, when he talks like that, I'm like, oh, Luke, I hate that you have become a grumpy old man because you are such a beacon of hope from the other movies, but you have so much truth right now. <laughs> it's Around. so true. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then just the sheer power of her, like when she cracks all the ground and the dark, it just like, that was like visually just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That is the kind of like stuff that would make more sense that she would have kind of started to experience beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anywho. Oh, again, like the back and forth on the, on the foreseeing in my mind, it still sets them up to be siblings, Mm -hmm. the raw power and them both having the same raw power. I'm like, that still sets them up to be siblings or cousins. No, to get it. Some way related. Some way she is like in my mind, she's a Skywalker. Mm -hmm. 
I love chewing the porks. <laughs> the porks are like the Ewoks in my, like they're our, they they're are. the new generation of Ewoks. So they really cute. Are. They're, they're really so are. cute. I do love how they continue to show that Jedi do have flaws, especially in the Skywalkers, like, because Skywalkers are supposed to be like, he was supposed to be the chosen one, but then he had all these flaws. And then Mm -hmm. Luke is supposed to be the one to save us all. But again, we saw all these flaws he had. And now Kylo or Ben Skywalker, they had high hopes for him, but all the flaws, like, Mm -hmm. it's just showing that not everyone is perfect and can be all good, um, except Yoda in my opinion. True, true, true. (laughs) Except Yoda. Yoda's the only perfect Jedi, in my opinion. Or perfect, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I don't believe everyone. Anyways, that's a totally different conversation. Oh, BB-8, when he takes down the guards in the jail, in the Mm -hmm. casino, is hilarious. Okay. And DJ, like, he's like, ah, what did you do who are you like he's just like kind of scared of bb and bb's like about ready to fight him it's so funny i just love Mm -hmm. it but what was it the other thing in this movie towards the end so when they i think it's interesting how when she is brought to snook because all three of these movies are parallels to the original trilogy force Mm -hmm. awakens is a parallel to new hope Last Jedi is a parallel to Empire Strikes Back because she is being brought to Snook like Luke was brought to Vader. Mm -hmm. Even a little Return of the Jedi's in this one, but Mm -hmm. it's just all kind of a parallel. And I know it's the, the poetry thing in my mind. Like that's how the poetry of Star Wars is. And at the end there, you kind of start to see that shift in Kylo. I mean, he's emotional and, and he's all these things, but he's finally realized that he is not going to be a pawn anymore. He is not mm-hmm. going to be his pawn. He is going to take control of his life and be the big bad. Mm-hmm. He does. He is, And he's able to somehow hide his feelings from a creature that's being controlled by Palpatine, by the way, which is funny to me. And he's able to hide his feelings and kill Snook instead of killing Ray. And just mm-hmm. that whole like lightsaber scene against the Red Guard, which was beautifully done. But then they're all done and he's like, okay, come with me. Like, we can do this. We can be the power mm-hmm. couple, power, whatever right. of the galaxy. And it's like, you went the wrong way. I thought you were going the right way because you killed him and now you're not. Almost. Mm-hmm. Almost. Almost almost there. But it's Freaking like a Kyla. shift in him. Like, you can start to see a shift mm-hmm. where he might actually solidify the dark side. He was he was actually, in my mind, when he when that scene happened, I'm like, he is like fully over now. Like I didn't think he was by the end of this movie. I didn't think we were able to save him anymore. Yeah. No, the agree. fact that he got redeemed in the next movie, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I feel like if he would have killed Ray, that really would have been like, okay, that's, that's it. That's done. If she, when she kept saying no, and he was like, all right, fine. And then just got rid of her. I feel like that yeah. really would have been like done-zo time yeah. for him. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say the fact that he just kept failing at everything he did, even after he turned, like to me, that was mm-hmm. sort of setting up like a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. That's true. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But when the when the Skywalker, the original Skywalker lightsaber breaks, when mm-hmm. it when they break that, in my that was another clue in my mind where I'm like, well, maybe he has literally shut down his Skywalker side. He is now Kylo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm because of of that and that broke my heart i'm like out of all this all the lightsabers we have to destroy the original why 
Mm-hmm. And and it kind of foreshadows the fact that the Skywalker line is ending mm-hmm. with with when Ben is killed. So it's just yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know. I don't care what they say. I don't care what you guys say on this. She is not a Skywalker. She cannot <laughs> be considered does a not Palpatine. Care. She cannot be considered a Palpatine. Like if we're gonna make her a Palpatine, she can't at the end of the movie take on the Skywalker name. Like I'm sorry, no, thank you, goodbye. Mm. Mm. Well, it goes back to what if if she if they had just kept her as a nobody and then she took on the name of Skywalker, it's like that would have been fine. That would she can okay. choose whoever she wants to be, and she chooses yes. this mantle. You know, that would be fine. That's okay. Yeah. Not what they did, because. If she ever has children and they turn evil like their grandpa or mm-hmm. great grandpa, that just turned the Skywalker name evil. She's a Palpatine. If she's going to be a Palpatine, let her be a Palpatine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Redeem the Palpatine name. Yeah, yeah. Why can't they just go with that? Yeah. That would have been a better story she, arc when the, she with that. She redeemed it. Yeah. The redemption arc for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But. Well. <sighs> Say lobby. Actually, I don't think that's the right the right phrase for that but anywho <laughs> it is what it is it is what it is as i've been saying it is what it is oh. with this storyline so next week we are ending with the rise of skywalker mm-hmm. well not ending we still have two more episodes so we have mm-hmm. no three more episodes i don't know episodes. at this point what we're doing do you know Just, what we're doing i have it written down somewhere because i know we're talking Rise of Skywalker next week. I believe the next week after that is Obi-Wan. And I can't remember if we're doing Obi-Wan and a wrap-up or if we're doing Obi-Wan then ending with a wrap-up. I can't remember. I'll have to look. Mm-hmm. Anywho, yeah. we're coming to a close, sadly, very quickly. Yeah. Very sad. It's very sad. Star Wars summer's almost over. That means summer's almost over. Uh, winter's coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> that that's means... My, yeah. Hocus Pocus is coming. Yeah, something to look forward to. September 30th, Hocus Pocus drops. I don't think I've ever actually seen Hocus Pocus. I've never seen that movie. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I, oh my uh, goodness. I, that's, yeah, I should, what, I should get on what? that. It's on Disney Plus. What? what? I, I, I never saw, I, I wasn't big into like fantasy growing up. So, you know, I came into it later, but. It was always like, hey, it's a Disney movie about witches. That's cool. That's cool. Not against it. Just, yeah. <laughs> wow. You're glaring at me. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Honestly, it's how I used to glare at Sammy before she watched Star Wars. Uh, there was a lot of that look. <laughs> she refused. There was a there lot. Okay. Oh, Speaking of you refusing Star Wars, I so when I was watching our first episode or when I was listening to our first episode this morning, I said something about us doing a Star Wars month and I didn't know if you were going to be involved or not. Oh, that's right. There was at one point where you were like, I'll just do it myself. And I was like, all right, cool. Then I'll just watch it. There's a lot of stuff to watch. Oh my gosh. It's a lot. Yeah, I was kind of cringing too. I'm like, oh, we did not flow very well the first couple episodes. Yeah. Okay, so I just pulled up the schedule that you had sent me. Technically, we're ahead of schedule because this June 11th was supposed to be Book of Boba Fett and Force Awakens. And then the next one was supposed to be Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. And then the after one, July 9th, was Obi-Wan slash upcoming Star Wars shows. So technically, we're. That's because I changed it. 
you moved Book of Boba Fett to be with Mandalorian, which made more yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah. So. But we may have to do, we may have to split up because I feel like there's going to be a lot with Obi-Wan. Yeah. Obi needs to be something at the end where if we want to actually legitimately talk about upcoming projects, we probably need to do it by itself. Yeah. Let's, we'll split it up. It works. I'll, I'll relook over that and get that. Good. Drag it on. I don't want this to end. I mean, I don't care. It's fine. Even though I'm Dude, like, I told you, if you want to be a part of other ones, just just tell us. We'll give you the info. Well, yeah. Ashley has uninvited you. I feel like to Mary Poppins. No, I haven't. Uninvited <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know you're uninvited when we talk about Mary Poppins too. We'll just. I, I will trash it. I mean, you know I, I I have nothing but good things to say about the original one, and then the Saving Mr. Banks. Those are the other ones that I've seen. Those are beautiful movies. So wait, have you not even watched Mary Poppins Returns? No, I have most oh, okay. of it. I've seen most of it. Most of it. I saw like the first two acts. I, I lost interest about halfway through Some at some point. Wait, Ashley. It was after the bathtub scene. I was like, okay, I'm done. Ashley, there. you know there's a mute button on here, right? I can just like mute him during the show and then we can talk okay, about whatever works. we want. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then he can just sit and listen. Wow. <laughs> if you're going to join I, us for October, you must watch Hocus Pocus. Well, yeah, there's a I've that's seen. a rule cuz we're going to watch the old one and the new one and you know. Wait, there's two of them? I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't know. So Bro, there's the original. Bro, okay. the that's, new one that's comes the whole out. Point. Yeah, the old one's Hocus- the I know the old one said the lady's got the big like hair, the big yeah. red hair and everything. Same yeah. actresses doing okay. Hocus Pocus 2, which gotcha. comes out September 30th. Gotcha. <laughs> which we've been counting down for over a year. Okay. literally I, yes right. it has like they announced it last october yeah no more than no, that it was before than that it was before that because we were trying to figure out when it was going to come out so yeah yeah oh what i'm trying to think what else do we have this 2012 nope not 12 22 i'm just trying to time travel <laughs> there you go it's 2013 2012. earlier now it's 2012 yeah let's see so after Oh yeah, I did. Okay. I did break it up so we could do an episode by itself, but I didn't change the filming schedule. I only changed our episode list. So we're on week two of, of July right now. Oh, I see Please it. Please rise of Skywalker. Week four is we're talking to Obi-Wan okay. because all of the episodes will be out by the time we film because mm-hmm. it's only doing six episodes. And then week five, we're wrapping up. We're talking galaxies as in back to, we're talking any books I want to bring up, talking upcoming shows, anything else we missed. Okay, okay. cool. So that one, Dan and Sammy, I'm like, I feel like the week five is just going to be a free for all. I'm just, just, if you want to add a topic, add a topic. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And then August, we're talking updates in the parks. September, we're talking Mary Poppins and Julie Andrews in general. October's Hocus Pocus. November is a weird month. (laughs) We're doing Hamilton week one. Everything we forgot month. Disney plus day some sort of thanksgiving theme man we got to start thinking of december and what we want to do here soon okay when do do we know when the santa claus comes out have they said that yet no i have not seen a release date for the santa claus series okay well that'll determine part of it because if it's out in time then we'll probably do a thing about that yeah, because I already started putting together a list for 2023, like at least I like the theme we thought of. Well, that. we've been talking about it so much. I'm like, I just need to start writing it down or I'm going to forget what we said. No, we're you do. should write it down because that's what happens. So like January is going to be Indiana Jones. No, no clue. February, March will still stay mm-hmm. Marvel March. May will still be Star Wars. We'll do a Harry Potter summer. 
I know we did say speaking of putting it into August, but I couldn't remember. Uh, well, and I know Star Wars might go into April too. We had talked about so. Yes, that's true. Depending on what we want to do, so might be. Two we should not ago. be planning at the end of this episode. We should just wrap it up. <laughs> oh my God, we didn't. Why do like, we always end do this? the episode? So yeah. Pixie Dusters, check hey. us out on social media platforms. Dantastic on YouTube and Instagram. Pixie Dust Twins podcast on everything else. TikTok, um, Instagram, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, etc. But we'll see you next week to talk Rise of Skywalker. I'm interested to see how that one's gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins, Sammy and Ashley. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon. It's Robert from Limitless Broadcasting, reminding you to tune in to Limitless Broadcasting Network anywhere you get your podcasts, from Apple Podcasts to Spotify. Check us out today.